Welcome to my podcast. I'm going to read you each of my chapters from my Wounded World series. We're going to start with chapter 8 in Rise of Moloch today. I want to remind you that all you have to do to, in order to get each chapter is become a paid subscriber. If you're a paid subscriber, you get full access to each chapter. You get um, all my behind-the-scenes material that I might put out. You also get access to um, all my other articles that, after a two-week period, become archived on Substack. So it's becoming more and more... It's becoming increasing value as time goes on, as I write more and more articles and do more of these podcasts. I'm up to about uh, 46 articles now on Substack. So go ahead and join, hit that paid subscription uh, button, and let's get reading. So Rise of Moloch, Chapter 8. So let's start that over again. Wounded World, Rise of Moloch, Chapter 8. Sacrifices must be made. Venetia 20th, 742 VM. Milos's head felt bruised. His tongue was heavy. His mouth felt like it was full of geese's wool. He didn't remember much after being locked in chains and forced to drink a noxious drink through a tin funnel. He had slumped down, slipping into darkness from the drink, but now found himself slowly waking up. His first sensation was seeing the orange sun diving behind the horizon. His second sensation was the pins and needles in his arms before he finally realized they were twisted up and chained up behind him. He knew in his mind he was in pain as he was kneeling there against a large metal pole, but it was distant and so far away, like the pain belonged to someone else. He could see the centaurs around him, dressed in various religious garb, all reflecting different aspects of Aphrodite. The one closest to him looked like Aphrodite in seaweed, and another looked like Aphrodite, Aphrodite carrying jugs of wine. None of the female centaurs wore much clothing. The male centaurs were turgid. They danced around the altar and sang harsh, guttural songs he barely understood. Trying to push up, he found he couldn't, lost the ability to consciously fight, and slumped down. Sleep demanded his surrender. He shook his head, telling the sleep to go away, but he noticed the night sky was full of stars, and the orange of the setting sun was gone. He had fallen asleep again, and now he could see the constellation of Aphrodite rising above the eastern horizon. They had less than an hour before Aphrodite reached her zenith in the sky. He looked at the others captured around him. None of them were awake. He was going to have to do this on his own. The temple's priests and priestesses were engaged in lewd acts. They would have been too embarrassed to even acknowledge existed this morning. But for now, it meant everyone's attention would be on the holy acts and not on him. He felt the metal around his wrists and the pain in his arms. They were numb and he could barely move them. Trying to take the pressure off of them, he attempted to stand up. However, he found it impossible because the pole to which he was attached was at an angle to the ground, making it hard for him to push against to stand. He wriggled and writhed, and with every ounce of his remaining strength, he pulled against it. Nothing happened. Time slipped past him again, and he felt himself being pulled up by rough arms. He could hear the cries in the courtyard and he could hear screaming and cries of pain, along with metal sliding against flesh. He looked down the line of his fellow captured minotaurs and saw the twelve poles were empty. Near the foot of the altar lay the bodies of the twelve, their torsos cut open, each one had a different organ removed. So far, twelve organs harvested for the thirteen times Aphrodite had rescued her people. One more organ to go, he realized. Some of the priests and the priestesses at the altar looked like they had taken bites of the organs, blood and flesh still clinging to their 